0: What's it called, Phil? Clue uh, in. We're, we're doing can the hippity, talk first. Hippity, <laughs> hapity, bippity, <boppity. laughs> oh, okay. All
1: right, fellas. Roll it. And obviously this becomes an issue because if Church Mag is deemed as highly inappropriate by some other corporation, then we have to pay to play. I
0: remember SOPA and Pippa because when people were talking about SOPA and Pippa, it made me hungry for a SOPA-pia.
2: You're going to see a severe containment of the First Amendment in this country, which includes the freedom of assembly in order to protest government actions.
3: Hello world, welcome to the Church Mag podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, your place for church and technology. It's time to level up with your hosts eric die jeremy smith and phil schneider if you'd like to join the fun use the cmag cast hashtag email us directly at podcast at church mag, or ask us a question that we might be able to answer on an upcoming podcast and at least sound like we know what we're talking about by visiting churchmag forward slash riddle me this it's time to press start Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric I here along with
0: Jeremy Smith and Phil Snyder. Now, if there's one thing that we we uh, tend to avoid usually, except maybe Phil, is politics. Because, you know, like you can talk about church and you can talk about politics and you can talk about... It seems like there's a third thing that you're not supposed to mix. Do even
2: know what the third thing Well, I have, a, I have a line that goes like this. That they say that in polite conversation you shouldn't discuss um, sex or you, sh- you shouldn't discuss... Sorry, you shouldn't discuss politics or religion, but if you want to, you can throw sex in there. But of course, depending depending upon who you are, sex is either your politics or your religion. So. But um dish.
0: Okay, well, it's a pretty good
2: line.
1: It's a pretty good line. Unless you're a counselor, and then all that's fodder for further conversations. Yeah, that's not
2: polite conversation, though. That's that's professional conversation. <laughs> Boom.
0: It's like hurt. It's like hurting wet cats. Sometimes I can tell you that. So there's. Been legislation several times about net neutrality or different bits of legislation regarding content. I mean, it's even affected the world. It's even been on the global scale or in Europe, like where the, in the EU they passed a law where you can make a request and basically say, hey, Google, you need to strike that from your search results, which – Sounds crazy to me, but it, that's the law. That's what's happening because technology and the Internet has moved so fast that now legislation and laws are starting to finally catch up to it. And unfortunately, it's beginning to limit. it's it's coming into a process where it's trying to limit content, right? So you have net neutrality, which is trying to limit the tech, and then you even have content legislation, which is trying to limit the kind of content that you can put on the web as well. And there's one thing that has really struck me about this entire process, as I'm subscribed to a couple action groups regarding net neutrality, is that I'm getting tired of it. I'm becoming fatigued from it, and I can't help but wonder if there's going to be like this critical mass, you know, where everything just comes to the point where we're tired of it, we can't fight it anymore, and the powers that be will have their way, and the internet will not be the free place that it is today in places in in the Western world anyway. Welcome to politics, zing! But we promise not to talk about one of the other things i mean we don't have to talk about religion well it is church mag so i feel like that's kind of kind of hard (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) we're definitely breaking some rules here
1: (laughs) i think that that's it's interesting that that's happening for towards the internet because the internet forgets and re comes back to really difficult conversations all the time so if it does end up failing long term as a strategy within politics it's probably going to be the internet. Um, certainly, there's big causes like the trafficking trafficking that this bill, um, this other bill is coupled with, with the HIPAA stuff or the what's it called, Phil? Clue us the, in.
0: We're, we're doing the we hippity, first? hippity hoppity, bippity, boppity, <laughs> So okay, all right, fellas. Are you going to
2: ram so you, you should start rap five rap years ago
0: to the hip hop.
2: A hip to the hop mm-hmm. to hip hip hop. No, so I got 99 problems. No, mind. All right, whatever.
1: I'm not going to do that one. No. <laughs> I'm not going to stop you.
2: So about five years ago, uh, Congress tried passing two different laws. One, I think, originated in the House. One originated originated in the Senate. Uh, They're called SOPA and PIPA. And they're basically designed to stop internet pri- piracy. Um, unfortunately, they were.
0: I remember SOPA and PIPA because when people were talking about SOPA and PIPA, it made me it made me hungry for a SOPA-pia.
2: Yes, yeah, so even that joke I remember before this now. Yeah. So did
0: I really? I'm pretty
2: sure. You <laughs> oh have. my God. So uh, unfortunately, those bills were written in such a way that neither one would stop pri- piracy at all. <laughs> all they would do is is put harsher penalties <laughs> on to regular law buying law abiding citizens who perhaps. Used a you know a copyrighted song in their their cat montage on YouTube, um so I mean it was it was a danger dangerous bill it could like limit free speech on the internet. Okay, they lost. That was back. Remember Wikipedia blacked out for twenty four hours? Oh, I remember
0: that. I think Church they, bag, I think
2: we did something where yeah. we just had a black infographic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so um, yeah, we we, cause we joined in the fight on that one too. Well, this one here is is called SESTA. It's the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act. S E S T A. It's going to be hard to be against a title like that. Let me tell you. Well, I looked around trying to find somebody who's for it. An IJM International Justice Mission, who's usually who works on on anti trafficking measures, doesn't mention it on their website or on uh, Twitter. Um if, 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 if you find it please send it to us you know hashtag c, c uh, CMAG cast. but um so, all i found so far is just a lot of anti, um, <clears throat> anti-SESTA anti arguments, particularly from Google um, and Wikipedia, basically saying that what it would do is, this bill uh, would make platforms and providers liable for the content on their servers. So, well, that sounds great. Well, yeah, if you've got child porn on your servers, we should definitely throw the whole the ser- the whole the company, all the execs should be charged. Um, and that's the same kind of mentality folks had with the Daily Stormer, the neo-Nazi website was booted off the internet the problem is that that those once you start policing speech and i'm not calling child porn speech but once you start policing speech in that manner you you there's no line there's nowhere it stops and so, if if um, platforms are worried about being busted because of the, so we pass this law, and child porn and internet trafficking
0: just goes dark. It's off the actual web. It'll go. It'll it'll, it'll go to dark. That's just it, though, Phil. Is that free speech w- was was never intended, and this is even supported on the Supreme Court level. It was never intended to protect. Profanity. Well,
2: actually, that's not true. They that that's why that that's why anti that's why pornography laws were dropped in this country. They're not designed to protect criminality. The problem is that this bill does not actually attack criminals. It just attacks speech in general. They 've not dialed it in to to target criminals they're just making it very broad to make to uh, basically to remove an section of the legal code I think it 's called cDA section two thirty and what it would do um, It's from the Communications and Decency Act, and it's subsection subsection two hundred and thirty. But they remove that section or amend it to to this degree. It would make platforms and providers liable for all speech. Okay, so if somebody is using racist or hate hateful speech on Reddit, you could Reddit could be charged Mm. for that.
0: So so how did so basically basically Reddit shuts down, Wikipedia shuts down because those are they they can't police that. Right. So so what Mm. happens? I mean, you should have to think this through because the 1984 implications and even as far as, you know, biblical things like your Bible resources. Like at what point does David C. Cook's devotionals or online program if they're if they're covering particular um, topics is suddenly considered hate speech or I mean, I don't you know, you can play the one what if game and I'm not a real popular I'm not a, a real Really big into the what if game or the you know what if this or what if that or we push it too far et cetera et cetera like you have to draw a line at some point so not having a line at all I don't think is the answer but it does tend to but it does tend to beg
1: a lot of questions in this digital world the difference <laughs> with what is happening with this and what is happening with those kind of conversations is that. Edit, David C. Cook has an editorial team that would say, we do not want to publish this, or we love what you're writing, but you really need to change this before we're going to move forward with publishing. And so they got a lot of control over how it's put out into the system. But for someone like Facebook, if they were, to, if I were to post some kind of hate speech, Facebook liable for that, along with me. Now, this is what, the third or fourth iteration feel, right, that this has kind of come through, and you would third. think... If they actually wanted this bill to happen, they would parse it down so it would actually pass. But they haven't done that for a very specific reason because it's not actually about that. Yeah, it's not about sex trafficking.
2: They're 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 squeezing this in there because the the, the federal government wants to be able to police the internet more. Right. Um, free speech, and I'm not trying to be conspiracy conspiracy theorist here. Free speech is always a threat to authority because free speech is designed to undermine authority uh that's why it's troubling me that it's like berkeley the epicenter of free speech in the 1950s and 60s is now the students that they're writing saying speech is violence speech is not violence people can say terrible hateful evil false things it's not violence it's 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 reprehensible but we have to allow it or we could ourselves suffer under censorship
1: well, and the conspiracy theory that goes with this is it's corporately motivated. Um, initially, the thought w- behind it was that the movie execs, the music execs were behind this because they wanted to take your stuff off the Internet. And so that if you had any violation, that's what was driving this. And now it's coming much, much more into the details. That still would fall under, I'm assuming, under this bill. But then there's, there's also the issue of um, if you make a comment today, And 10 years down the road, whenever it's actually deemed the way that you phrased it with the words that have now been changed, at least within the vocabulary of the culture, you are now liable for that thing that you said 10 years ago. Oh, absolutely. But I think think you're missing something here, Jeremy. So this bill has the last two
2: bills were. Will release simultaneously. They're basically they're gonna pass pass one in each house, then flip flop and see which one could pass both houses and get signed. Those bills were on the surface about piracy. This one is on the surface about sex, sex trafficking. They've they're basically trying to do the same thing or essentially the same thing with different you know surface reasonings hoping that the surface reasoning will obscure the, the the real threat behind, you know what I'm saying? So like, this one's not corporately motivated at all. There's no corporations actually in support of this because there's, there's no corporate factors. In fact, I don't think there's anyone who's currently arguing for it other than just some advocacy groups and the actual, you know, the actual senators who have uh, authored the bill. It's it's really, on the surface, a sex trafficking bill, but at, and at its heart, it's just a... Internet power grab. And I, I I worry. I, I looked to find more information, and I feel like I'm worried someone's going to find some stuff. They like, oh, go, no, no, it actually is really about sex trafficking. They're going to find some research for us. But I'm just not seeing it right now. And it looks to me like it's just an internet power grab. and I know I sound crazy, but I don't. I don't. I don't think that there's any any other reason to pass a bill like this. There are better ways to attack sex trafficking. Uh, there are better ways to um, To streamline the actual justice system, than there than to t- attack companies and platforms that provide avenues for people to speak out. You know, I live I live forty five minutes from St. Louis, and right now we're having rioting in the streets due to a uh, or recently um, a court case. And yes, for is social media is being used to coordinate those things. And. You may not agree with – I know, definitely agree with some of the tactics that are being taken, like me and being assaulting police officers or bricks to windows. But I definitely agree with the right to protest. And if social media um, can be policed in this way and you can have Facebook charged for helping coordinate protests – then you're going to see a severe containment of the free, of the first, of the First Amendment in this country, which includes the freedom of assembly in order to to uh, uh, you know protest government actions.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because it didn't seem like it was too long ago that Twitter was being praised for helping the the overthrow of governments. You know, the Arab Spring kind of thing where the people stood up against their government. You know, fast forward. To- yes. To today and suddenly it's an issue. And I guess that's probably, you know, bills bills may come and go for a while, right? And so, you know, this this specific bill, this specific thing may become outdated quite quickly. But my question and, and my thought about this is, you know, how long does this carry on? How long does this go on where we become kind of numb to it, where we stop paying attention and it's just a matter of time And and this happens. And we don't know when it happened or how it happened, but That's
2: why the Fourth Amendment no longer really exists. Okay. So I've, I've got a politics podcast and I've not been on a post episode for a long time. So I'm going to go ahead and let loose a political rant here, Eric. Okay. So just buckle up and Jeremy, prepare your, prepare your pushback. So the fourth, the fourth Amendment protects against unlawful searches and seizures of uh, the property of citizens. Okay. And under the Fourth Amendment, it's basically considered like a privacy amendment. It gives you privacy and expectation of a privacy in, in, in a public setting. Like no one's, the police are not allowed uh, to search your journal or your diary, even if you're carrying it on you because it's considered private. You've got an expectation of privacy that your private thoughts will be protected. If you're, if you're brought into custody, however, your pockets can be searched. You know what I'm saying? Your wallet could probably be searched because there's less expectation of privacy in those areas. All right. Now, now the federal government uh, has been pushing in state governments as well, been pushing to search cell phones. So now police officers during random, random, random stops have been, and especially they, they find some sort of, you know, criminality. So there's drug possession or some sort of other nonviolent offense. They're, they are confiscating cell phones and they are cloning them in order to run the data and see if this person has any known criminal contacts. And there's some out there, I'll call them the Jack Bauer crowd who love this idea and think it's great, but that's a huge invasion of privacy and the whole, well, you don't have anything to fear, if you have anything to hide mentality is great until the thing you hold dear becomes criminal. You know, I mean, drinking beer was not, and I, I'm Pentecostal, so I can't, but drinking beer wasn't a crime, you know, okay, in the first part of the 20th century. And then all of a sudden it was. So, like, let's not, let's not fool ourselves. Christians are not increasingly popular, especially in the current climate. with There are certain leading, leading quote unquote Christians in the public sphere who are making it seem worse and worse. We're not going to, we're, we're not, we're not gaining popularity. We're not gaining market share with our current, our current uh, mission uh, strategy.
0: So, and don't and don't get me started about all all those all those men and and women as well who have served 10 20 30 possibly years in prison in prison for having possession or being involved in some sort of uh, drugs that are now legalized well
2: they're not federally legalized to, the, to in, in the defense of the government there they're still federal crimes but the, but, the, but because- my point,
0: point being is the even the evolution you know to to, to bolster your, your point of alcohol prohibition, that sort of thing. You know, the, these things change. And, you know, the, the idea of the, your smartphone in your pocket, you know, that's, that's so much different than an identification or a $20 bill or a business card that you have on you. That cell phone is tied to all of your data,
2: yeah. To make it, make it even crazier. Uh, I got a, a PR release. Um, I'll, I'll probably write this up. Actually, I might, I might write this up later on to put it on the blog so we can kind of tie into it. But I
0: might have to get the foil out. I'm just saying
2: I, I heard about this a while back on the news and I've now got a press release for it. But basically Border Patrol has been stopping U.S. citizens and, and demanding their phones and laptops. In order to search them. I'm a U.S. citizen. You can't do that. But they're demanding it or they won't let you back in the country. And, and, and in some cases, they've been, physically, uh, assaulting, um, uh, they've been not physically assaulting, physically restraining people and forcing them, compelling them to turn over their devices. Now, I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb here. I'm going to I'm going to defend the president. This is not his. This is not policy changes that, that, he, that he initiated. He's been going on for years. This is this started under George W. Bush, if not even earlier than that, with the Patriot Act. And I've always said, I'm, I'm going to get really political here for a moment. Here, I'm not to make, I'm not making an actual statement. I'm just making a generalization. It's it's in my neck of the woods. Most Christians are are most evangelicals are staunch Republicans. But I've always said it'll be a Republican who who initiates the end times and, and is and proves to be the Antichrist because the Republicans the one who get away with things. Christians won't question him. And so, like we've had a Republican president, you know, back in 2001, who initiated this crackdown on security, this for the sake of safety, and we've lost more and more privacy. And the now, combine that with the desire of the federal government to further regulate and police the internet, and there's nowhere to go. The Patriot Act was was a catalyst for that. Absolutely. And it was, and the Patriot. We passed that. You guys realize we passed that within a month of nine eleven.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely a knee jerk reaction. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, knee jerk. Totally. Don't you think that, like Jeremy, if someone lost a spouse? Okay, wouldn't you counsel them to wait more than a month before they start selling stuff?
0: Yeah, Phil, but it, it expired, but then and then it was renewed. It was renewed. It didn't expire. Certain parts of it were going to expire, and those were all
2: renewed. Uh, and candid Obama ran saying, I'm going to get rid of this stuff. This is unconstitutional. I'm a constitutional law scholar. President Bush is a, you, you violate the Constitution time and again. I'm going to undo these things. And then he went and doubled down on almost all of them. By the way, Guantanamo Bay is still open.
1: Man, we did not get political at all. No, we did not. Um, now, you, you let me out of the gate, uh, guys. The other thing, the other thing is, is but, that... Real quick, real quick. No, notice, know, though, I dinged both sides. Are you sides. more political because
2: I'm not going to let you... I dinged both sides. That's all I'm saying. Both sides are lying to us.
1: For me, the other what, thing about this is that net neutrality also is a completely different animal in this process in the sense that it actually affects users, but it's promoted as a good thing, right? You'll get a whole bunch yes. of free services as long as you use the services that we deem appropriate. Yep. And and obviously, this becomes an issue because if ChurchMag is deemed as highly inappropriate yep. by some other corporation, then we have to pay to play. And now all of a sudden, you don't get to see ChurchMag anymore because we're not going to pay $100,000 to have our stuff be able to be streamed to your phone.
0: Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it it starts to look a lot more like the like the internet in China where the great firewall of
1: China. I think I think when you put the two together Yeah,
0: there's there's great there's
1: clones of everything. When you put the two together, I think it is essentially the firewall that's happening in China. Yeah. I think that, well, but but there's some, I mean let's be honest, there's something very beneficial about that for China, right? I mean, they don't have to worry about if there's an Internet terrorist plot. they will find out about it very, very quickly because they've yep. restricted the flow of where you can post. And if yep. they monitor every single little thing that ever happens, it makes governments people very easy to do.
2: And their people will never understand how badly that they are being taken advantage of. Because that can't that information can't, can't can't be released, you know. It's you it should note the the new uh, head of the FCC who was was selected back in uh, January. He's a former um, legal advisor to Verizon, I believe, right. So it's no wonder that he's gone through and just ratcheted up the net neutrality well, argument. With but
1: again. the the net neutrality policies that are currently in place that are actually positive. The guy before him was a huge corporate lobbyist. So, but, that, but what happened? What, what happened to him? John Oliver turned the screws on him right.
2: and got in the FCC's uh, comment section got set, shut down. Uh, I just don't want to associate
1: the fact that because he came out of a corporate environment. Ultimately, it's because he has good, had good character. Now, this current guy doesn't have good character. I don't know that he had good character, really. The the, the last guy, sure. He may every every single thing that he did. Um, I, maybe I don't. He promoted himself as having good character in okay. people's eyes. Maybe. And as we know, with every pastor, you can have bad character and still do that. Yeah, absolutely. We honest. We yeah. We sure. Yeah, we really we, we
0: really don't know. I mean, you can have, I suppose, great character. You know, yeah. if you, you know, I'll, have, I'll say that. I, uh, I don't know. That bad he's a bad guy, bad guy, but he had terrible policy. Good. And he,
2: he never did change his mind on policy. He's backed down because he lost. Right. Because Congress, Congress, I believe intervened on that one. Jeremy, did they not?
1: Yeah, you no. know the, the, this. The bill never. I mean, there was never anything to change because he just simply said something. The popular votes demonstrated they did not want that. It's Just like they have this time. But he, they, he decided to go ahead and not move forward with it and instead promoted something much more robust and good for the people of America. So there was no inter- there was no intervention. What this guy is going through right now. Sounds like there will have to be some kind of government intervention. This
0: this entire thing is a pretty long and winding road. I, I would even argue that a lot of this find its finds it, its roots back in the uh, the raising of the monopoly, basically a monopoly act over broadcast and uh, I believe it was 1997. They lifted the the number of radio stations and broadcast stations that could be owned by a single company. Uh, the law was raised, and then so suddenly there was a huge surge of buyout, and local mom and pop radio stations ceased to exist. And we found ourselves with media with radio stations which at one time had a very local flavor. Okay, it was it was it was the it was the next it was the next media conglomerate after. Newspapers uh, that was very independent. And when when they lifted that ban, there was a huge buyout, and 98% of the radio stations that you could listen to was owned by one, sometimes maybe two companies. So a huge, huge majority, maybe it wasn't quite that high, 90, 80, it was very high uncomfortably high owned by one company right and that not only created a limit in advertisers so like let's say somebody didn't want to advertise your product you could get completely blocked and have no way to to by advertising, okay. So even in that sense, it, it came up against the FTC. In that sense, but it still happened, right? In the name of business, in the in 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 all in all these things that seem good, and you know th- that happened with radio stations way back in the day. Radio is practically irrelevant now, and so how is this relevant to the internet? Well, it has to do with big companies owning things. It has to do with control, right? And as Christians. And technology, we need to be mindful about this. We need to be thoughtful about this because we want a level playing field. And as Christians, we want a level playing field for politics, for debate, for religion because. Because we are Christians, because we have the gospel that we want to present, we have an advantage. We have a distinct advantage over everyone else, because what we are presenting is the truth, right? There's only one way to God, and we know what that way is, and we know that that, in the end, wins out. We have the truth. So we want to make sure that there's a level playing field for us to be able to present the gospel, and so that's why it's so important that we're aware, we're alert, and we we do our best to be involved in making sure that things like... The internet doesn't fall way to like it like other forms of media and mass you know mass communication has in the past, and that's what I think about that.
3: The question is: Do you enjoy the Church Mag podcast? We hope you do. Send us an email: podcast at churchmag, and tell us what you love about the Church Mag podcast. And be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. We love them. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on Buzzsprout dot com.